Hey guys, Josh here, also known as Aussie Menace. Um, just letting you know that I kind of forgot to press record at the start of the uh, podcast here. So um, the first 10 minutes or so will be pulled from the VOD. Um, so if the audio quality is a little bit bad, I apologize for that. Um, also, throughout the podcast, the quality won't be fantastic because my microphone setup is pretty abysmal. But, you know, Roman wasn't built in a day, so it'll get better. Um, obviously, in the future, I'll invest in better equipment. So the quality of the stream will be a, a, a much better experience. Um, also, you know, I was kind of a nervous little Nelly at the start there, but you know, it, it got better as it went. So just sit back, relax. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening and, um, all the best. Um, I, I really appreciate your viewership. Ooh, okay. The moment of truth, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of the first person creator showcase podcast. I'm with my guest here, my inaugural guest, McBango. McBango, say hello. Ladies and gentlemen, we are very... I'm I'm very good. I'm very nervous now. I was all comfortable in the uh the pre-show, but now now I'm now I'm shitting my little fucking dax. I'm I'm scared. But that's okay. I'm not gonna be a professional overnight, am I? No. That's not how that works. So how are you feeling today, buddy? You excited? Oh, good. Guest? I just woke up from a nap, you know, about forty five minutes late to had, be in me, here, but it's worth it for me, man. I feel good. Good, good. As long as you're feeling good, that's uh, that's all right. I was getting a bit scared. I'd have to find a re- last second replacement. Like the the DMs right now of fucking hey buddy, buddy pal, where are you? Yeah, I was getting a bit scared, <laughs> but that's okay. You're here. We you're here. We're live. Here. Chat, chat. Get excited because we got McBango here. And uh, shit, I mean, I'm fucking I'm nervous. If you couldn't tell, I'm fumbling the bag. <laughs> oh, it's all good, dude. All Wait, right, so what was that question I asked you about? A minute ago. Couldn't tell you, buddy. Nervous little buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you asked that, and I just said to you, no, I'm feeling great. I feel confident. The pre-show was going crazy. Chat was going mental. Shout out to Jaren for dump- dumping some gifty subs. And then um, the moment the music came off, I, my tail went between my legs. It I'm, got real. Now I'm a bit jittery. I should go by Apex. Get that jitter aim naturally. Ooh. Fucking hell. All right, so let's start off the podcast. Topic number one. Um, just tell me a bit. You know, who are you? What do you do? Tell me about Big Bango. Well, said so Bango is the name. Oh, uh, just some guy that plays video games. Um, that's really it. I work forty hours a week in a sweatshop as a welder. Come home, relax, play video games, just like any other person. But the weekends I stream uh, Saturdays and Sundays right now because of Coliseum has a Friday freebie. So enter that contest for a chance at winning free money, which is always great. McBango is a, uh, a featured player on Coliseum. So you can choose him, add him to your squad, your fantasy lineup. Tell you what, you got me quite a few points uh, the last couple of weeks. You've been pulling in 300 plus, which is pretty bloody huge considering you're only two grand. You're cheap. I'm a cheap little buddy, yeah. Cheap right. little buddy. Uh, yeah, I reckon your price will go up very shortly. It went up quite a bit last weekend, but then they took out the regular solos mode, introduced, um, not introduced, but they added back Champions of Caldera. Uh, and just yeah. like every solos LTM mode, have server issues. Whether I crash, disconnect from the server, or just can't get a lobby. So... I couldn't really play to my strengths last weekend, but it's not really my fault. So, so. this weekend's going to be different. I'm going to go hard. As planned. 
Very good. Also, I've already fucked up. I just started recording. I'm going to start recording, so I'm going to have to pull that from the VOD now. Fuck. Oh, man. <laughs> it's all right. No, that's Jeez. okay. We'll pull it from the VOD. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. It's all right. <laughs> as far as in the game world, yeah, I snipe. Well, that's what I'm known for. Um, I nice. used to be known for running off-meta loadouts in Warzone. You know... What would my long range gun be? I don't know, like a VLK Dragonov, and then short range, medium range, uh, submachine gun build, Scar H. Just dumb shit. Every game, try something different because I get bored of the game pretty easy. But I found a way to make the game interesting for the long term, and that's just hone in on the sniping. Because, like, you hit a nasty snipe, that's a direct dopamine injection every single time. It's a, it's a drug. It feels so good. So. I'm not the most consistent sniper, but I do, I do, and I agree with where you're coming from. When you hit that one shot, oh, mm-hmm. it's so worth it. And Getting a over rush. the course of time, through repetition, you can get really good at like trajectory calculation, travel time, bullet drop, how much to lead a target, whether he's running broadside to you, tailing away from you, going uphill a little bit. Through repetition, you can start placing those shots rather than taking the shot, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. You can place it where it's got to go and be more consistent. Yeah. And there are and countless, that is where it gets really fun. There are countless clips of you just sniping people that are free falling or parachuting from 300, 400, anywhere up to 600 meters away. I've seen them. I don't know how you do it, but you do that surprisingly very often. He's a demon. He's, he's insane. He's insane. Here's the trick to it. Take a lot of shots. Keep shooting. Don't stop because just because the target seems really tough to hit doesn't mean you can't hit it. You just got to figure out the point of aim where you have to aim it. I still remember my longest shot. Oh, sorry. That's better. I still remember my longest shot I ever got. It was about 780 meters. And it took me about 40 bullets to hit. But when I hit it, man, was it worth it? Holy shit. So that was on the dance. My, I, was on top, I was on top of prison like an absolute rat, shooting all the way into downtown. That's where my longest shot is too. Is oh. on that Uber dance. Um, think of between Promenade East and Hospital. There's a set of big apartment buildings. Yep. I was up on top of a rooftop. And this is when Swiss was really good. Um, and I'm playing with Jake down and a couple other people. And Jake's just popping shots at someone. I'm like, Jake, what are you shooting at? Because oh, this chopper that's above lumber so i take a look and i can barely see it through my scope and i aimed so far ahead of it way high i could hardly see it in my scope after about 10 shots one of them connects to the pilot and down he goes it's like 1500 meters what 1500 yeah. that was bragging it's about 750 so it, it didn't show me like the uh distance of the kill so the next time i hopped in the game i got on that rooftop and then put a ping on the map at lumber where that chopper was. And it was about 1500. Jesus. That's a good one. That's oh my God. One. Sure. 1500 meters. Bloody hell. That's oh. luck though. I mean, that. I mean, it's you really, miss hundred really percent of the shots to, you don't take. It's hard to know exactly where you have to place a bullet that far away when you don't have opportunity to shoot at targets like that consistently. Um, one thing I'd like to have a quick talk about is the origins of your name, McBango. Because I know the story. 
And I think oh, it's yeah. a really touching story. So if you want to share that, that'd be great. Sure. Um, so McBango was the name used by my longtime gaming friend. Um, and he, through years, well over a decade of gaming together with him, he became my best friend. Um, you know, we'd gone through relationships together, supported each other through that, jobs, school, all that shit you have to deal with growing up. And then uh, he passed away a couple of years ago. And it took me quite a while to get over that. I couldn't see the name without just feeling like shit. Gaming just didn't feel the same anymore. Um, but then when I decided to start streaming, I switched the names. I was using, I say names because I just switched it up all the time. I didn't have a consistent one. I uh, just switched over, took McBango and did it so I could keep them alive in the only way I knew how. I think that's so really, to really touching. I, I love that story. It's an excellent yeah. way to honor your friend too. I, I I love it. Yeah, and it's a great name, you know? Three syllables or less. Um, it's memorable. It works. I like it. I was telling you uh, last night, just getting ready for the stream, I found his uh, YouTube channel and I went through it. It was just a nostalgia trip, like 2009 Counter-Strike clips. That was really good fun. It was, it was yeah, good. He was it good. was very good. It was very good. He was smart about playing. Like there were people that were a better shot. And something he taught me is you're not playing against bots, you know. It doesn't matter how high the difficulty of bots that you practice against are. You're playing against humans that make decisions and that think themselves. So you have to figure them out. Over the course of a couple rounds, you have to pay attention to their behavior. If they keep going to the same spot, keep holding the same angles, you have to figure them out very quickly and then you can outplay them yeah you don't have to be the better aimer if you're a smarter player you can usually see, get a w that way game sense game sense sorry is such an important thing that's something i've i've always lacked i'm, I'm all aim no brain um i put uh, it would have been maybe a year and a half ago up within a couple of weeks i put about 150 hours into cs and I was thrown in the deep end. I was lost. I had people abusing me, of course, because it's Counter-Strike. Mm -hmm. But after 150-odd hours, I came back to Warzone. Because I, I, this is when the FFAR was just the king. And I just I was sure. so over it. I quit. I wanted to play a more skillful game. So I went to Counter-Strike. Put a lot of time into that. Well, not a lot, but put quite a bit of time into that. Came back, and all of a sudden, I just became so much better. My game sense was more switched on. I was more uh, thought more about what I was doing. And it ended up paying off. And it's same with my aim too. My aim went just in, just way better in so many ways. And that happened again recently. I was um, over Warzone, shocker, and I installed Valorant. I put about 100 hours into Valorant within two weeks, and I still want to keep playing Valorant, actually. But um, I came back, aim. Aim just went insane. Went on aimwebs, broke all my scores. Ridiculous. So tactical shooters like that, not only do you have to be smart, obviously you have to aim good. But I, I feel like if you're, if you're in a rut in any kind of, any kind of first-person shooter game that's not tactical, go play a tactical game such as Counter-Strike or Valorant, and you'll be very, very surprised with the difference in your abilities outside of that. It's very noticeable. You have to apply yourself a little bit more. That's it. You have to use your, doing. use your little peanut brain. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, dude. Awesome. The cool thing about like tact shooters is it seems like it's not just aim, but it's a different type of aim. It's less tracking so much, but more about like speed and precision. 
you have to be the first one to land a headshot in a lot of those games. That's right. So you got to be able to snap your aim much quicker than most people and snap it right where it has to be. Get that first bullet to connect. If you don't hit your first bullet on their head, you should have taken a little bit more time kind of yep. thing. Like you have to be on the money with your shot placement. Super critical. And that's a good thing. That's a good skill to have. It is. It is. Gonna be really switched on. Mm-hmm. So, tell me about your FPS history. Like, where'd you start? Uh, what games have you played? What do you like? I know you play a lot of Counter Strike. So, yeah, give me give me the brief history of um, Ben. Ben, your name is. Yeah. So I probably should have said name that to the stream. Ben. I should have said that earlier, but there you go. Um, but yeah, like you said, at Counter Strike, um, I think it was two thousand. 2005 when I started getting into FPS um, I had been playing RuneScape for a couple years and somebody had told me about hey you should, uh, should check out Counter-Strike and play that game with me so I go to Best Buy I look at the store shelves and I buy Counter-Strike right I get it home and install it let them know and they're like oh you have the wrong one you bought Counter-Strike Source I was referring to 1.6 so I was kind of bummed out. So being a kid with not any money, I was just playing Source, kind of figuring it out a little bit. Um, and I was just terrible at that game. Like I'd never played a shooter game with a mouse and keyboard before. The desk I grew up on was tiny and it had one of those pull-out drawers for the keyboard oh and the mouse. God. So I had like an eight square inch area for a mouse to operate. And keep in mind that these are not like gaming peripherals. These are just dog shit, Dell mice, and keyboard, crappy desktop speakers. I'm trying I know to learn exactly. On. I can picture the picture the scene exactly in my and, brain right uh, now. My computer at the time was so shit. I didn't have a video card in because I didn't need it before. So I'm getting like 10 frames a second. I find a vent on a map to where I can kind of see what's going on without freeze framing and slide showing. And I start shooting the bots that would chase me up this vent. I would do this for like hours as like a 13 year old kid. I thought it was so fun, but eventually got a graphics card, got new internet and started playing around on dedicated servers, uh, a lot of mods and stuff. Um, and then I met a bunch of people that were into other FPS games and kind of went from there. Um, Battlefield two, Dabbled in that a little bit, not a whole lot. But then uh, Call of Duty Four came out a couple years after I'd been playing Counter Strike, and I fell in love with that game. I think it was like the graphics at the time. I remember aiming down sights of a scope and unadsing and seeing the world reflection in the lens of the scope, mm, yeah. and thinking that was the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, oh my god, computer gaming is so much better than. Xbox and stuff like there's no way I could ever go back from this and then uh, Modern Warfare 2 played that when that came out Uh, Battlefield 3 Battlefield 4 for a number of years I eventually got banned from every server that I had low ping to because I thought I was cheating unfortunately well Battlefield fucking admins man badmins yeah badmins I just (laughs) Made a new account and bought the game again. I loved it so much and just kept playing. Fuck it. Um, Battle Royales came out. PUBG, been playing that quite a bit. And I've been addicted to Battle Royales since because it's just a different mindset. 
sometimes you got to let somebody run past you. You can't just shoot at every target because oh. that guy 200 <laughs> meters away from you up on the hill is going to kill you if you kill that guy. So you have to let both people get closer. Yeah. Just an interesting mindset you have to put yourself in. That kind of builds on my topic of game sense and how I have none of it because I, as soon as I see someone run across my my screen, I'm a little chimp. I have to shoot. I have to shoot my gun. And I always get killed from it too. Like you, you and I have played a lot of Warzone together and I, I, I hate to admit, but I have cost us so many games because I'm just such a <laughs> buffoon. I'm a buffoon. But that's Sometimes... what I love about playing with you, man, because you, you think, you, you think and you say, you know, ping before you shoot and you say, let them pass. And I'm thinking, what the fuck, dude? They're open. I'm going to shoot them. And then either I do shoot them and we get shot from behind or we don't shoot them. And then someone else shoots them. They die. And we're in the prime spot to shoot the people that shoot, killed them. See, that, it's the thinking. It's the critical thinking skills that you have that are just that surpass so many players. That's what makes you such a great player. Not only can you aim, but you have a fucking brain. That's what I don't have. <laughs> I think that just comes from Counter-Strike and PUBG. Yeah. Honestly, it's the upbringing. Uh, you know, Counter-Strike being the first FPS that I played. You have to use your brain in that game. You have to figure out your opponent. What are they going to do? Are they going to push B? Are they getting aggressive because they have the lead? You know, so many matches. And you have to kind of use their tells to your advantage. Like if you know a player saying Warzone is really aggressive, you're running from them, trying to get a leg up on them. You're hopping through windows, bashing doors, shutting doors, hopping back in through windows, climbing, jumping doing all this cat and mouse chasing, you know they're not going to let up. At that point, through a couple seconds of that cat and mouse chase, you should know that they're not going to let up. Stop as you go through a door, hold an angle, wait for them to enter your gun sights, and don't push into theirs. Because ultimately, they want you to push into their gun sight. That's what every opponent in an FPS wants, is for you to line up on their cursor. If you can flip that, and make them line up into your sights. You've already got a leg up on them. So mid-gunfight, sometimes those are the decisions you have to make. How much am I willing to run? How much am I willing to engage this fight? Do I pop a couple shots and keep dipping in and out? Um, you got to figure it out real quick. You don't have much time. Or you can just go in and try to rely on raw aim skill. But that's not always going to help you win a fight. Sometimes you need a little brain game in there too. That makes a lot of sense because, say, for example, you're chasing the enemy and they hop into a building, they're, 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 they're postured up, they're ready in a building, they're ready in a room. So they're, they're ADS, they're, they're expecting someone to come on their screen. The only variable they have is waiting for the queue to shoot, whereas you don't know exactly where they are. So you're pushing into a building, you're slide cancelling, going through windows, you don't know where they are exactly, and then you hop into their room. And not only do you have the variable of target acquisition, and then readjustment of whatever you're doing. You could be facing the ground from slide cancelling, whatever. And then shooting. Whereas the other person has the, the only cue they have is they see you on the screen. They pull their trigger. You're dead. Right. That's it. Ideally, yeah. in their situation, they've got their gun sights lined up in the most probable spot that you're going to come around. That's it. And if you can and do that, if you can be of. ready, you will have a small window of time where you're landing shots on them. They're not even hitting you. Now you have the TTK advantage, even if you're using an off-meta weapon. 
I said we were, um, one time I hopped into your stream, and you're using the Stoner 63 from Cold War in Warzone. And this is when, I think it was, I think you were the first to discover the insane ADS firing speed. Well, oh, yeah. I recall. I remember watching you just zoom back and forth, left and right. It was the funniest thing. I remember I, I, I watched you do that, and then I set one up for myself. And I, I've got this clip where I was ADS firing without knowing there was someone in the corridor. And get it down, and I snap 180, and then I'm jiggling left and right, and I get another kill. And I said, I just did the McBango fucking special. That was <laughs> oh, such good memories, dude. God, that was such a fun time in Warzone 2, because I remember seeing in, I think it was like a, a True Game Data video or Exclusive Ace talking about the ground loot stoner, where you're movement speed while firing was like 200 percent base movement speed it was the green one i'm pretty sure yeah and i was like well what if i put every single attachment for firing movement speed and strafe speed on regardless of how the recoil is let's just try it i swear to god if you're crossing a street and you started getting shoot at hold the trigger down and you would cross the street faster <laughs> unironically that is true there's so many clips of being on a in a four stack chasing up a staircase into a tall building in like downtown where somebody's on the rooftop and we're chasing somebody up those stairs i'm the last in line because i'm running a heavier loadout typically when i'm playing in squads but i'm it's like nope this is my kill and i'll dump a hundred round mag just so i can pass all my teammates <laughs> and just run up the stairs and get to uh, the, be the first one up there i've done that so many times dude, it was so and, cool it was so funny Typically, if I know one of my teammates is going to secure a kill, I'm not going to try to steal it from them. But for the sake of the laughter of everybody just all of a sudden hearing my gun go, and then I just go zoom and right past him. It's fucking hilarious. I miss those days so much. That's what a lot of people need to start thinking about when they're playing first person shooter games is ultimately you're there to have fun. So if there's something crazy like that and you want to zoom upstairs, even if it's not the most smart strat, just do it. It's fun. Yep. If you're hanging out with buddies, for sure, make sure you're having fun because you don't want to everybody get salty and then eventually exactly. here's a, here's people a little, can get at each other's throats. Here's a little plug. Um, I recently put up a video on my YouTube. If you search up Aussie Madness on YouTube, me and some buddies got into some Modern Warfare 2019 custom lobbies when Desert Eagle only headshots, was sorry, headshots only Desert Eagles, that we played, we planned to do it just for one or two games. We were just, we were bored. We thought we'd just do one or two of these. Four hours later, and somehow we had like seven people, we started the three of us, we ended up like with seven people just running around headshots only. Sorry, I have to mute for a second. Good Lord, that went straight through me. <laughs> anyway. We're running around headshots on a deagle. We played for a good four hours. It just Damn. flew by. It was the most fun I've ever had in a first-person shooter game, ever. And Flex in the chat right now saying, oh boy, it's so much fun. Flex was there. He was on 250 ping, but he was still playing and having that much fun. Just because we were all in the VC, all hanging out. So shout out to shout out to Flex. We got Umbra, uh, Lunatic, Noonie, Diz, and Brody. So yeah, six of us. I'm pretty sure that was it. We just played for hours. It was so much fun. And that's what a lot of people don't think about anymore is, oh, I have to I have to use this uh, super meta loadout and I have to 
get 20 kills on rebirth otherwise i'm fucking molding and i've failed and i've got to get content a lot of people are stuck in that mindset of i have to get this meta content i have to go off you're doing this competitively but are you having fun are you having fun playing your first person shooter video game you've just worked for eight hours or you've just been at school for eight hours and you want to relax are, are you relaxing are you having fun no you're not you're putting yourself through hell for what and i i have so much respect for all the people that are out there grinding grinding trying to get better trying to do good gameplay i i understand i i have so many friends within this community that are are in that mindset but i i'm i i get i, I want to say worried not worried but like they're putting themselves through so much stress and people just need to even if you just take one or two days off you grind and just fuck around have some fun because that just that mental reset is so critical to enjoying games and enjoying what you're doing 100 percent. exactly and like there was a time when i had me i had 120 active no no sorry more than 120 active subs on twitch for gameplay i was my twitch was at a it was at a massive peak and i was going so well like content wise community wise all that stuff but i ended up stopping because i was not having fun anymore i was trying to be this demonic first person shooter player and i was so burnt out i was not having fun so i quit i went awol for a while and then um i started building a community on twitter i started hanging out with a lot more people and then i started having more fun and that's the whole idea of this podcast is i just want to have fun i want to have fun conversations I don't want to be an insane gameplay streamer because that's not that's not me. That's not me. That's what I, not what I consider fun. But anyway, that's a tangent. This is not a podcast about me. This is a podcast about McBango. No, you're onto something though. Like you got to find a balance too, especially when you play a game like Warzone that can be so frustrating Oh, infuriating. Absolutely infuriating. You've got to find a balance between your own life your streaming and content and definitely separate the two. Don't make, at least I don't think a person should make their life all about that. You got to have other things outside of it. Um, that's, it's one of the reasons I only play two days a week. I used to play every single day, every single day. I'd hop on at least for a couple matches after work, whatever. Um, but I started getting really burnt out when the game is in a state that is frustrating, whether it's a broken meta, an abusable bug, glitch, whatever it is. You've got to find a way to balance everything. Um, hey. So for me, just streaming two days a week has actually been better for you know viewership, um, subs, all that stuff. Like, And I think... This probably doesn't apply to everybody, but it's very possible that if you make yourself overly available, you're hurting yourself to where if you're streaming every single day, you're overly available. People, oh, I'll just catch them next day. I'll just catch them the next day. But if you're only live two set days a week and you're consistent with that, people always know when you're live. People always yeah. know when to watch you next and then gives them something maybe to look forward to. Uh, at least for me, it's been beneficial. 
And I've noticed too, like um, I've seen McBango is live and you're in the double digits viewership wise. And that's really big on Twitch. But to be in double digits, live viewers, that's not an easy thing to do. That's like a top 1% thing to do. That's, it's weird too, because I'm just some guy. I'm going to play the game anyways. What nah, makes it you're so not special? Just, you're not just some guy. You're, you're a special McBango. What makes very, me very so special? That's why, just, that's why you're the inaugural guest. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> for those who don't know, Bango and I have been buddies online for, I would say, a couple of years now. Met yeah. through the drop shot, of course. And um, McBango is basically my my American uh, counterpart. We look similar. We have the same, well, not the same job, but we do, we're in the same trade. Well, that's about it. But, you know, we're very similar. That's why I like Bango, because we're very fluid. I get along well with him. I have a lot of respect for Bango. Yeah. I got respect for you too, buddy. I appreciate Thanks. you having me on. Thanks, little buddy. Are um, you excited for Warzone 2? Am I? Yes. Yes, I am, actually. I'm very excited for Warzone 2, because from what I've seen so far, it's so, it's so much different from Warzone 1, which is what I'm all for. Warzone 1 is so yeah. washed. I'm over it. Yeah. I, I, one, I one thing, which is... Just the most irrelevant thing, but it was a massive thing for me, is the sound effects and just the entire audio, not not footsteps, like the entire audio, like the the beep 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 of the fucking circle coming in, the the honk that happens when the circle comes in, the announcers, it, all the sounds were just so boring. But now Warzone, like Warzone Two, it all sounds different. It all sounds fresh. So fresh, it's so new. It's like, oh, I get that giddy feeling. Like I'm excited by VR. Yeah. You're gonna have a slight nostalgic feeling, like for oh, that early Verdansk first I experience. Can, yeah, I can still remember vividly my first Verdansk win. I was playing with my friend Ethan, my IRL friend Ethan, and this was when it was only trios only. Do you remember that? Uh... it was trios only. In yeah, OG wasn't. Yeah, so we. We duo queued, so we're doing duo trios, and I had like four kills the whole game, but I was like, I'm insane, I'm crazy, I'm winning. <laughs> this is when wins mattered. I remember it was a airport finish, and we were in a building, uh, obviously in airport, and there were uh, the last team was on a staircase, and I downed two of them. My buddy got downed, but he didn't get fooled, so I downed two of them, rezzed him, and then we finished them. Uh, I don't know, it was a whole clusterfuck. I, I would have been, I don't know. Anyway, a whole clusterfuck. And then we go down and we're in the, you know, the underground tunnel. Yep. Uh, yeah. So we're in the underground tunnel at airport and we're like, where the fuck's this last guy? And the zone starts collapsing and he gets super close. I'm like, oh, he must be above us. And so, you know, we're in the gas, we're freaking out. And all of a sudden, I think I had, a, I, I literally think I had a stim and I stimmed and I got that extra health boost. And then, all of a sudden, Warzone victory, because the other guy was way, <laughs> way out of the zone, because he shot his gun right before he died, and this little red dot appeared fucking, like, 50 meters away. And I remember jumping out of my seat, I screamed, because we were um, roommates at the time, like, housemates at the time, because we were renting a house together, and I screamed, jumped off, ripped off my headset, ran into the other room, and we were both, like, jumping up and down, going crazy, because we got this Warzone win. Man, when wins mattered, oh, it was so good. Uh, Early for dancing is so good. And that's what I'm so excited for. I want that same feeling in Warzone 2. 
because right now it's like oh you drop in get your your no recoil vanguard gun that sounds like the when you know how when you have a fucking a, a runny shit that's what it sounds like that's what <laughs> suppressed weapons sound like in vanguards beep, 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 beep. Uh, awful yeah it's not great it's so it's so boring it's so boring to watch to play not watch i mean if you're watching someone good like mcbango mcbango fps on twitter and youtube and mcbango on twitch if you're watching him it's fun because he's insane at sniping but yeah, yeah. I don't really get the thrill as much for Warzone wins that I did. Like, I still play to win. That's ultimately what I want to get is that Warzone victory. But for me, now it comes from squad play, playing like trios or quads and just having a very tough match. For me, it's the matches that are just kicking your ass over and over. You have to get bought back. You have to go to the gulag. Got to win. Got to regain. Get a new loadout. And you still somehow pull off the win. That's where I get hyped up is Ooh, when you defy all odds yeah. and you still make it work. When the regain actually pays off. So like, like now I could be playing solos and do a hot drop, get my loadout, start sniping everybody. Die, get like fifth place. But like, uh, oh, well, I had 27. Man, casually, like, I don't yeah, feel I'm great about it. Like, I wanted the win there. Most people would be like, fuck yeah, 27, let's go, yeah! And it's just like, well, I didn't me, win. me, people. I didn't win. So, it's not as great to me. I don't know. That's the thing about Battle Royales is you have to outplay every opponent because you have to make the right decisions. You got to be in the right spot. And usually in a Battle Royale, when you die, you could have done something about it. Whether it was hit your shots in the gunfight or We'll have a, a minute controller. prior to taking that <laughs> yeah. yeah or a minute prior to even taking that gunfight saying i'm gonna take this gunfight but i'm gonna do it from here and relocating your character so now like i I just chase wins ultimately i want to get the win that feels good to me i like the end game banter people you're such a camper such a rat sniper it's like well you're such a cheater dude i'm reporting your account dude <laughs> oh Accusations are always. I love it when you scream at them in Russian. That's my favorite thing. Sometimes <laughs> when Bang gets some angry comms, he just screams in Russian, and I laugh every time. It's fucking hilarious. Like, well, even You're we'll such a playing... jumping pussy. Здравствуйте, я буду пить кофе, я пожалуйста. And they're just and they're always flabbergasted. They don't know how to respond to that. Uh, it's oh, like, dude, chill. I just ordered you pizza and coffee. That's all I did. Fine. <laughs> No, I'll be saying oh. some very choice words if I knew Russian. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't. Next yeah, I know how to here? say one sentence. So, uh, let's, let's keep talking about Warzone too. Um, yeah, oh, sorry, I'm I should have uh, Sorry, my bad, man. Uh, well, I, I kicked you it off. I hijacked it. Um, no, 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 yeah, I'm excited for that same too. feeling. I'm excited for the fresh feeling. That that's a. It's always a really special feeling when you play a new FPS and you're like, oh wow, look at this. This is cool. Oh wow, this feels great. I've never seen this before, and you're you're new to something. Like, do you remember the first time you played Overwatch? Because uh, I, I do. Play, I never played Overwatch. That was I've never played it. You never played Overwatch. I've never played Overwatch. I thought you did. No. Oh, I've fuck. never, I've never touched Overwatch. I've never. It's never oh. interested me. From day one, I was like, meh. I haven't even watched more than five minutes of gameplay for Overwatch. 
Literally, that was I don't know what such it is. a crazy feeling the first time I played it. I was like, I've never seen anything like this. This is so cool. It's team-based. There's characters. It's still an FPS. <laughs> but anyways, we're already off topic. But uh, uh, dude, we... There's no topic. It's, <laughs> it's a podcast. We, we, we start off with a topic. We go off on a tangent. We talk. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of this show. Is I, want, I want people to come on and just talk. I don't care what you talk about. Just talk. If you want to talk about Warzone 2, fucking go ahead. We'll talk about that for hours. I had a thought the other day. A toilet thought, right? Toilet thought. I have plenty of Sniping in Warzone 2. So in the current environment, we have two different types of snipers. We've got your close range, quick scope, one shot down within X amount of meters. And you've got your heavier, bulky, one shot down, all ranges. What if... Now I'm not saying I'd like to see this, but oh, what's he in a future a future game, future FPS game, battle royale or something, maybe even a Call of Duty title. If all snipers one shot down across all ranges, but there is an added element to the ballistics, wind. Oh. What if you have to account for wind? I was Fuck. playing Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts couple months ago and there's wind in that game yeah you've got travel time bullet drop but you've also got wind to deal with and the first couple engagements in that game i would hold the breath so it gives me the path of where the bullet's gonna go so i could kind of see roughly what i was working with but then i'd find myself in some situations where maybe i'd alarm a guard or something now i've got a whole bunch of people chasing after me and I'd have to start just ripping shots. And I wouldn't be holding breath. I would just be pulling up saying, okay, the wind is southwest from you know 10 miles an hour. It's going to affect my bullet this way. And just start flinging bullets in the direction I thought they're going and started making contact. I don't know, man. I think that would be kind of fun. I think it'd be too difficult for most people, but I would like to see that implemented in an arcade type shooter game where you have I... something else to deal with. And what if that affected all weapons? I bit. see where you're coming from, but saying that in the same sentence as arcadey would never work, in my opinion. Because imagine two cents Timmy trying to line up a shot and then he misses because of wind, and then he goes to complain to Ted Titty Timmons telling tall tales on the TL. But it'd be Ted Timmons would be going for the shot, be like, this doesn't work, and then he will change it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess. Hear me out Sniper Ghost Warrior Battle Royale. Ooh. Ooh. Could you imagine a sniper's only battle royale? I mean, we, well, okay, it would never I've work, played in tournaments but... that were snipers only, supposedly, but I got Cali <laughs> Sticks shot. Yeah, fuck, that was, a, that was a joke. That was a Cali Sticks restock tournament, is what that was. Oh, Arliss in the chat saying game. they could possibly add win mechanics to the DMZ mode. That would if be cool. If they're looking for a more realistic approach to DMZ. It doesn't have to DMZ. be like extreme. Even if you have to account for spin drop, just make a spin drop. And, even if it was just something that only really took into effect when you're shooting long distance, too. Just something to give those players that are good at trajectory calculation an extra element to add to their uh, their calculations so that when they are hitting shots, if somebody is hitting shots, you automatically know, okay, this guy's fucking insane. Yes. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, you know. fuck, me, bango shit at me. Cool. Like, oh, I'm dead. Fuck. <laughs> Oh, Alice again with the good uh, little thing here. 
said, imagine doing an assassination contract, sniping some target 800 meters away with a high power scope. Pick up a bounty. A long distance, like assassination bounty. Maybe like Pick you get better rewards, but that, uh, maybe it has to be from a certain distance. So the contract oh, only oh, goes I through if it's 500 meters or so. Specific. Say there's like a challenge. Okay. Like you get an advanced UAV if you get the like um, 500 meter assassination headshot, whatever. That could be so hard. That would be very interesting. Yeah. I, I would. That'd be very interesting to watch play out. I also think there's you're on something there. Not many uh, lines of sight where you can get shots over 500 meters on Caldera. Uh, most of the lines of sight that are long distance kind of cap out around like 400, 500. Because there's so much like haze and fog that when you're at an elevated position, if you're looking anywhere that could be that far away, it's really tough to see your target. Yeah, but that's where that spotter scope thing comes in handy. Oh, please tell the viewers, tell the podcast listeners about the spotter scope. Because me bango with the spotter scope, I thought he was fucking stupid initially. I was like, why are you using that? And then I watched him for one game. Oh my god. Tell us about it, buddy. Well, Tell us about it. So they released the spotter scope in Warzone. You could not equip it in your loadout, which is sad. And I wish you could. And I get it. Nobody's crying about it because I'm the only one that fucking uses the item. I've two times in all of the Warzone that I've played have I killed somebody that was actively looking through a spotter scope. Only twice. And so I remember picking one up. I'm like, what the hell? Dude, my cat is going moose. to Moose. we get a moose appearance? Oh, he's right down here. It's not showing, but... Uh, we love moose. I remember picking that thing up, being on a rooftop. I'm just like, okay, let's check this item out. Pulling it up to my stupid fucking face. And I'm looking through the scope, and I can see so far away. <laughs> I can see, like, everything. And then I see at the bottom of the screen, press N for thermal. So I press that the button, thermal. and all of a sudden, there's, like, three white spots on my scope and i can live ping them it's like a thousand meters away you can see these people if they have cold blood there's still an icon on their body they're not hidden they're harder to see but they still have an icon if well they're competent with the sniper i couldn't recommend it more just give it a go they nerfed it um did they yeah i used to have a unlimited thermal range long into the life cycle of Verdansk, and then at some point they changed it. Never said anything about it in patch notes because they knew nobody would be affected by it, except for me, because I'm the only one that uses that thing. But yeah, it, especially on Caldera, if you have a spotter scope and you're sniping, just use that thing to scan around. Spin 360 degrees looking through that thing before you move from location to location. You move from one hilltop to another. Before you hit a balloon, quickly check around you balloon onto a spot if you don't immediately see people use that spot or use that thermal because it will surprise you at how effective it is at just finding people you otherwise would not have seen and then people in bushes i swear oh, half the, the bush people rats. I kill that i find <laughs> with a spotter scope are just chilling in a dark corner or in bushes and i play mostly solos so that's really really useful that i don't have to worry about running across somebody's screen their aim assist dragging to me <laughs> and they're in a bush it's because they died a long time ago and for a game with such shit visibility having that advantage whew, game changer yeah 
I need more water. I'm going to be right back, though. Yeah, all good, buddy. A thirsty little boy. This little boy. Take a little pause. Take a little pause. It's all right. I all right. was going to actually buy a racing gaming racing style gaming chair, but I sweat quite a bit out of my little tushy, and I need something that can breathe. Yeah, I need something like that too. I have. There just wasn't a lot of chairs out at the time. Works, like it was only these when I bought this. All right, we'll go back on topic. Where are we at? Where are we at? So we're talking about Warzone Two. Okay, here's here's a good one. What are your favorite games, both past and present, or maybe some underrated, like you know, bangers of games? What do you got for me? Um, probably my favorite FPS experience was Battlefield Four. Um, oh, I think it, I was just the best aimer that I've ever been during those years. Uh, it was in like my mid twenties, early mid twenties when I was playing that game, and was I was just insane. Um, I played a really really high DPI growing up due to that small mouse pad surface area that I had, so I was around like. Anywhere between like 26 and 3200 DPI. Jesus. Yeah, I would just turn the game. What do you want now? Um, 1200. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm 1200 game. Mouse surface. You got, you got a Skype at 3.0, yeah? Or two? Yeah, I had the two, and then they announced the three like a week after I got the two. I was like, <laughs> That's well, right, yeah. I remember that. Uh, honestly, it's the SkyPad is a great product. Um, Let's see, because I've liked hard pads over cloth pads for, I, I don't even know what reason, really. It just felt better to me, speed-wise, maybe. But having an extra large surface that's a hard pad that you can clean easily, doesn't wear down because it's not made of plastic. Um, you can get that factory new feeling just by wiping it down with a glass cleaner. That helped me break through an aim plateau I was stuck on for maybe, I, I don't know, five years. I just never got any better at FPS games. My aim just never improved. I was just like, well, I'm getting old. That was my excuse. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Honestly, no. I just had to get the right weight on a mouse. I, I went from a heavy mouse. I was using Logitech G502 for a long time, almost 10 years. I was using that platform of mouse. And then I saw Razer Basilisk was the exact same shape, had the same button layout for the most part with the tilt wheel, but it was like 20 to 30 grams lighter. I tried that out and I liked how it felt. And then I ordered a glorious um, Model O ultralight and immediately noticed a difference with my tracking with that lightweight mouse on that SkyPad surface. And I was just hoping and praying that they would come out with like a 502 clone. Well, sure as shit, they came out with the Model I, which has the exact same shape of a 502. And that's ultimately what I really liked about that mouse is the shape. Model it I, just what? You want to just show me the Model I? I don't think I've seen that one. The Model I. Right. Oh, yeah. I've got the, uh, I've got the Model D, which I... I prefer this shape. So I, I say the model line's got like that. Okay, yeah, it's got, it's kind of like an old school mouse. By the looks of it, it's got like a thumb rest. Just a ergo. Yeah. Ergo mouse. See, you talk about model O. I don't like symmetrical mice. They don't really work for me. 
I had like, yeah, some tiny did. little fucking uh, cooler master mouse for ages. The MM710, I'm pretty sure it's called. And I switched to the Model D. Model D plus Skypad, my aim went fucking bonkers. Like, just insane. It, was, it just works. And at the moment, um, have you seen the, the new Glorious... Um, let, me, let, me, let me just pull this up real quick. Um, Glorious... I think it's called Forge Pro. So let me... Forge Series 1. I'll just bring this up on stream real quick. So this is um their new, like, uh, higher range mouse. It's uh, it's symmetrical, but it looks really nice. It's this, it's a similar size to the Model D. It's 160 Australian. It looks fucking incredible, and it's wireless. What do I like? I'm so sick of wires. I'll be, I'll be rocking one of those very soon. They come out end of next month. What is it that uh, you're interested with it? Is oh, well, it extra light? Is it? It's 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 um it's lighter. It's the same dimensions as or very similar dimensions, but it's a tiny bit smaller than the Model D. But it's like twenty grams lighter. I feel mm. like the Model D. Start, I'm starting to notice the weight. Like I don't want to toot my own horn. Noticing the weight, I find yeah. that funny. <laughs> like um, this, so you go. The Model I is literally half of the weight from the five hundred two. Oh my god, it's it's it, it's half of the weight. Yeah, the model D model, is or the five hundred two is like one hundred and thirty five grams. Jesus, that's a chunky boy. No. Well, the model D is sixty nine grams. Ha, funny number. But um, the the Forge Series One is like fifty one, I think. I'm excited to see how that feels because I want to upgrade my mouse because um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I like the model D, but I'm starting to get a little bit over it. Plus, I'm so sick of the cord. Seems a bit too you know, cheap. I don't know. I think I probably would Rattles. like track better if I used a Model D. Um, the Model I, the shape of it, and the way that I grip my mouse, it's very natural and comfortable. And I think it's probably just because of so many years of using a mouse with this exact shape. Um, but I think that also lends itself to sniping too. Um, I find myself using less of like a claw grip when I'm really trying to get fine-tuned precision and move the cursor just a few pixels when my fingers are more of not like a palm grip, but that shape, the shape you would your hand would be resting in if you're using a palm grip, kind of just relaxed. The way that the Model I is, my fingertips when I'm resting on the mouse, my hand retains that same shape. So I can still use my fingertips, but I've also got the stability that I get from the grip that I use. Yeah, Grant. So I what... mean, there's probably people out there that would could assess my grip and everything and say well, you could even improve on that. But for just casually playing video games and trying to get better that way and not really taking it that seriously, this has been fantastic pairing the Model I or just any glorious mouse really in a Skypad. Such a good surface for aiming. Glorious make really good products for their value. Like my Model D cost me yeah, less than a hundred Australian, which is like yeah, what cheap. seventy US. It's it's been fantastic. Also, what kind of what kind of mouse grip do you have? Because I I run a hybrid, so I'm kind of like palm. Uh, so, so the streaming, I'm kind of like palm on the base of the uh like the back of the mouse. I've got a claw and also kind of like a fingertip. I'm a bit of a it's it's really weird. How do you grip yours? Yeah, about the same. Yeah, 
here's a here's a here's a spicy take. I use my pinky to I I, I use it as a break. Yep, I've always done that. Um, I'm not I'm not on the normal. I don't really do it that much anymore. It's kind of hard to this, but there's a bit of a gap between the back of the mouse and my palm, so that if I have to pull back with my fingertips, there's room for that. But otherwise, like the tips of my fingers are all kind of pinched together. So, especially when sniping, I'm kind of really almost death gripping the mouse, um, but I'm just pinching my pinky, my ring finger towards my thumb and then squeezing with my thumb. So I have stability on the left and the right side of the mouse so that when I'm just trying to gently track left and right in front of the target, when they're moving you know, at attack sprint speed, a couple hundred meters away, that I can get just the right amount of distance in front of them without making it too difficult. Um, but there are times too, you know, if you're playing for a while and you get hand fatigue, especially when you get older, this will happen. Like I'm 30 years old for anybody that's listening. I've been playing for quite a while. My wrists are fucked from my career. So I have to kind of adapt to things. I can't really wrist aim anymore the way I used to. I used to keep my palm planted and just pivot my wrist. I've had to completely adapt everything because of just lack of mobility in my wrists. But when you can pinch that mouse together and then just gently move it, it feels like you have more stability for that really fine-tuned pixel control. But that really only lends itself to gunfights where you're not getting shot at, right? To where if you're sniping and you have the time to take and line everything up. I don't know. Weird tangent. No, I'm, I agree with you. I'm starting to feel that too because I moved up. I, I live where I'm living now. Sorry. Where I'm living now, uh, I moved up here about, what was it, the end of about two years ago. Oh, actually. Yeah, about two years ago, I moved up here. And for the first, uh, first eight months I was here, I did concreting. And uh, before that, I was a log scaler. So for those who don't know what a log scaler is, I basically got measurements of big timber logs or whatever, and I put them into a thing. I scanned barcodes and all that. It was just basically doing this, like almost like a steering wheel, just doing that with a, a little. I had like a all I had to do was basically put my finger on a trigger to scan barcodes. So that was a very lightweight, but it was all outdoor. So I was somewhat active. But I moved up here for the first eight months. I did I did concreting. That eight months of concreting, I got, and I like I did uh, patching as well. So like I uh, we do, I build road barriers, and I have to patch them. So it's just basically like a sander doing circular motions with my hand and wrist all day. Oh yeah. That I got RSA from that. Um, I had to go on light duties for a while, and now I'm, since I've started welding, um, I've, done, I've been welding for about a year now, or a bit over a year, about a year and a half. And uh, yeah, I'm starting to feel that now. My wrists are nowhere near as mobile as I used to be. So I'm actually, sw- I used to be a Wrist aimer. I was on four centimeters per three sixty when I was on PC. When I switched what? to PC a couple of years. Ago. Yep, four centimeters per three sixty. Been on PC for about two and a half years. I did that for uh, four centimeters because I was a wrist aimer. I had so much control and freedom in my wrist, but now it's just I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm twenty three now. I'm getting old. Starting to get old. No, 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 not, not twenty three. So I'm twenty two. Turning twenty three soon, but getting old. Fucking. You know, heavy work. My wrists are getting fucked. So I'm switching to arm aiming, and um, it's actually been better for me. I've noticed, like, my tracking is insane. 
not insane, but dude, your tracking, tracking is, so is really good. I love playing with you and then spectating and just seeing what you're doing. I'm like, holy fuck, dude! Like, <laughs> miss a time? bullet, Ricochet is gonna ban you. Fuck remember, me. Remember, I remember that time I was we were on top of Peak in Caldera, and um, there was a guy up in a chopper. Like, it would have been 200 meters in the air. I remember I this. Perfectly tracked that motherfucker out of the air, and I remember you saying, "Oh, Aussie." <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's what. That's one thing a. I can do. I can track. Yeah. That, see, that's my weakness. I'm very good at like flicking to a spot. Um, and like when I was growing up, there was no aim trainers. There was no Kovacs. There was no aim lab. There wasn't all these crazy different weights of mice. You know, it was just if it was a gaming mouse, it means it had extra buttons and a little bit of a faster laser. That was it. Oh, I remember. But I, I didn't. I was, oh, sorry. Like, okay. um, so like I'd be in game and I would just be kind of not getting shot at wherever I was. And I'd look at a spot on my screen with my peripherals and I would just practice flicking to that spot, just flicking my aim to that same spot over and over and over, look at a different spot, flick there. All of a sudden my eyes would just be darting around the screen looking at all these different spots and just flicking to them. But I was never had to practicing tracking. That wasn't an element to games that I was playing. Yeah, so exactly. You, you don't ever, ever track in CSGO yeah. or any tactical. I like did that. my own We're very rarely aim training that way. Yeah, but that lends itself to sniping too, um, being able to immediately point right at the target so that when that scope pops up, you have to do just a small micro adjustment and then pull the trigger. Well, so it all is one thing you're probably not considering. You're probably you're a lot better at tracking than you give yourself credit for because. Tracking is an element of obviously of staying on target and hitting your shots, but what you don't, what you're not realizing is your tracking. It's strong in the sense of you're leading a target. And I've watched you do this dozens and dozens, and dozens of times. If someone's free falling in the air and you're tracking their trajectory, and then you pull that trigger, bang, dead. Yeah, it's yeah, happened. I guess it, it is. You know, you, it's you like you got to give yourself a bit more credit. It's knowing how far in front of that target you got to shoot because maybe the for the previous bullet only chunked them a little bit. So you know that you hit them lower torso or whatever. And they're falling head first. You got to track farther in front. Yeah, I can see that. But a lot of it too lends itself because when I would snipe prior to changing the peripherals that I'm using, I would just put my cursor in front of the target and wait for them to walk into where I thought the shot had to go. Yep. And I still do that from time to time. Um, sometimes if I miss shots when I'm trying to like drag scope it, as people call it, um, I have to just quickly assess what's wrong. Is it my tracking? It's not good enough. And then look at where the target's headed, hold the cursor there. No, he's 300 meters away moving perfectly broadside to me, aim four body lengths, you know, four of his character models ahead of him, and then shoot. And then I'd make connection. And then it would click in my brain, okay, that's the distance I need to be tracking to at relative to the distance from the target. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that I would suggest when people want to get better at sniping in Warzone and when I say sniping, I'm not referring to running around quick scoping. No, um, I'm saying like the longer distance shots that normally people don't take. You can hit those shots. You just have to get the reps in. You have to just send them downrange and start making contact. 
and take mental pictures every single engagement. So if you're shooting at some dude that's across from mines and you're on the peak side of mines, that's about 400 meters away, roughly. If you're shooting at somebody, take mental pictures every single time you pull the trigger, how far in front of them you were leading, how high up you were adjusting for bullet drop. And when you start making contact, add a little bit more to it. Know how much you let them the previous shot, add a little bit more. And then you're going to start getting headshots, those one shot downs. And when you get those one shot downs, that's going to register in your brain. Like that's that dopamine hit that I mentioned oh, earlier. Yeah. You're going to remember that a lot more. Yeah, chase that Because if feeling. you just hit somebody and you crack their plates, you don't know if you hit them in the torso, the neck. You don't know if they're weak. You hit them in the arm, the leg. But if you get that one shot down, you pretty much know you hit them in the head. So take mental pictures when you're in long range uh, sniping engagements. How far in front of them you're leading. And if you're shooting at a target that's in a chopper or driving a car or God forbid, a fucking bomber plane, um, do the same thing, but use like a different metric instead of thinking like character body lengths, like shoulder widths, maybe think of, okay, that guy was, I aim half a car length in front of that guy to hit him or a full car length or two airplane lengths. And then he can hit the pilot. Don't be afraid to take crazy shots because you'll never hit them if you don't. And once you start doing it, it becomes so addicting and you will find yourself having way more fun with the game. That's right. And some of the best shots that I've ever had while sniping is just, I'm going to fucking go for it, see what happens. And then you hit it. Whoa. The dopamine rush, man. Yep. You're so yeah. spot on with that. And then you chase was- that feeling. <laughs> It's funny. Um, last weekend, I was playing duos, uh, just doing a random fill, and I got this teammate on my team, and I liked I liked his vibes. I was enjoying just talking to him, goofing off, and um, I was hitting, you know, just doing my thing, hitting snipes, and he's like, "Dude, you're fucking insane!" And I was like, "Yeah, man, just doing my thing, man. I'm just out here, out here killing, big chilling." And then big he's killing. like, "You gotta, you gotta give me that three line build." So okay, I gave him the three line build. He was on controller, so. I recommended he use just the standard default scope or else the four by eight. And at the time I was using the 10 X cause I was really just trying to get some really nasty long range shots. And the first engagement we get in after he grabs his loadout with a three line build, he shoots at a chopper. First bullet hits the pilot. And I swear to God, his mic was clipping and my ears were bleeding. <laughs> it, he was so excited. He's like, dude, it was amazing. Oh my God. And that was thrilling to me. Like, to that see him all awesome. hyped up and i love that for when people can watch what i do and then come back and give me feedback or send me a clip say look what i did and you're just tell me hey man i've gotten so much better just by watching you i'm getting repetitions for sniping just by watching you do it then i can go home boot up the game set up that build and start hitting those same shots and it's like hell yeah dude you're, you're an yeah. excellent mentor because when you and I were on that grind, buddy, when we were playing really, like, very often, obviously at the start, uh, you were, I, I could tell, I know you you don't have to hide it, but I could tell you were getting pissed off at me sometimes. You well, know, I get pissed I'm, off at everybody. So it's true. not just you. Don't worry about it. Like, you know, I'd be running off, trying to get clips, just acting like a fool, dying. 
But the more we played, the more you taught me, the more I switched on. And we're getting to the point where we were getting really consistent. Like, we were getting wins. We are getting high kill wins. It was, going, it was getting pretty damn good. We need to get back on that grind. We need to get back into some duos, man. You need early to start Caldera, teaching me how to... We had, like, a 30% oh. win rate. Dude, we were nuts early Caldera. And we we were getting, you know, 20-plus kills each. We were frying. Oh, no, not we were me, not me. I, to this day, I just... I can't get over the psychological barrier of getting to 20 kills. I haven't hit a 20 kill main BR game yet. I've got 18. I've got 18 uh, with you, and then there were three left, and I pushed one guy, and um, yeah, <laughs> had the blicky, and the visual recoil threw me off, and I died. But you, oh, you, no. you, you clutched up for us, but I don't know what it is. Like in Rebirth, I've got 22, which sounds it's, good, but it's not. Your EP's getting hard, is what's happening. Well, here's the one thing. Like, oh my god, I can kill them all and get the twenty. Think, like, okay, <laughs> settle down, settle down, relax, Breathe. and kill them all. Yeah, but no, I just I rushed down a fucking all. cliff with a Blixen. I got <laughs> railed by a. I think it would have been an STG at the time. I was like, "Well, Josh, you're a fool." Well, that'll happen. I still do the same shit, man. Especially lately, I've been doing a lot more like quick scope sniping. I'm trying to, you know, just. You've Shake hit the cobwebs loose. Some slutty shots. I've seen them. <laughs> yeah, I've just been trying to like shake the cobwebs loose and uh, sharpen back up on that skill because I can do it. Yeah, I can quick scope very well. It's just to me, it's not as exciting as hitting a long range shot because there's more to it. It's less muscle memory and more about thinking about it. And I like that approach to video games. I like having to think about what I'm doing because I feel that's rewarding. It's like chess. You know, the first time you win a game of chess, you feel pretty fucking good because you had to outplay them. You know, that's right. I suck at chess. Now, I, I, now that I think about it, I play first person shooter games like I play chess. Super aggressive, no strategy. <laughs> I'm awful that's at chess. Okay, I know how it works. I know how to take out pieces, but I don't know how to go about doing it consistently and correctly. So yeah, dude, this is this has been fantastic. We're we I'm feeling a lot more comfortable. Yeah, this is good. This I is can good. tell. Um, I oh, will, we will we'll have thought. to. Oh, yep, yep. I have another thought with sniping. So, when it comes to shooting at long distance targets, um. Don't be deterred by the distance away. Just because that guy's 600 meters away, don't be afraid to shoot at him. Because but he had to turn on you and beam you with his uh, KGM-40? Well, it, honestly, you probably could because <laughs> it's Caldera and Vanguard. Yeah. But yeah. Well, so like, what that's going to help you do is if you use the same rifle consistently, get used to the velocity and the bullet drop. That's one thing you really have to think about. You have to get the repetitions in with um, find a reticle, whether it's got multiple lines um, vertically on the crosshair or if it's a fucking smiley face and you're aiming with the bottom of the circle because of a certain distance. Pick a point on that reticle and learn how far that bullet goes until it hits that spot. So, for example, the Swiss that has a little plus in the middle of the reticle, if you max out your velocity with the combat recon barrel and the groove suppressor or wrap suppressor, the bottom of that plus is perfectly 350 meters ah. for bullet drop. 
So some, if you that's some big brain info there. And this this brings in another point: live ping every target before you shoot at it, so you can see the distance. So that you see that guy. Oh, oh he's three hundred. He's three hundred and ten meters. Okay, don't put the very bottom of the plus on his head. Put it where his neck is. Yep. Boom! One shot headshot. Do that with the rifle that you use consistently. And don't be afraid to shoot at long distance shots to try to figure out where that bullet goes at 500, 600 meters. Because eventually you're going to start to see it. And if you can hit those shots at really long distance, that's going to make everything closer than, let's just say 600 meters is the distance we're talking about. If you hit a 600 meter shot, one bullet, headshot, anything closer than that is going to be between the point of aim that you used for that shot and the perfect zero of the dead center of the reticle. So you can kind of dial it back a little bit. Okay, 450 meters, not quite as much. Aim a little bit lower. Boom, you hit your shot. Now you've got 450 meters figured out. And you've got... Okay, also, figure out where the bullet drop starts. That's a big point. So for the three line with max velocity, it doesn't really start dropping until about 250 meters. So anything 250 meters, just aim at their head. If they're at 250, aim at the top of their head, just for a safe measure. So now you've got the perfect spot for no bullet drop and where bullet drop starts. You can hit all those shots. So then you figured out the shot at 450 meters. Now if you got a target at 350, it's halfway between those two points. Make sense? Yeah. Like if you can figure out a certain distance where the bullet's going to hit with your bullet drop, and get enough repetition in there, you're going to start seeing more consistency with your one-shot downs, which is going to ultimately lead to a better Warzone sniping experience. Or sniping in any video game, Battlefield, anything with bullet drop. Have Do you done that. much Figure sniping? out the velocity. Have you done much sniping in Battlefield 2042? I know you played a little bit, not much. I've done a little. Um, Doesn't feel right. I was having fun. <sighs> Yeah, something's off about it. I, I don't know. I think when I played the game, it just didn't feel right because yeah, it true. wasn't right. You know? hey, it's better than Modern Warfare 2. But I was right super intrigued with the idea of the wingsuit, of uh, cutting that wingsuit, hitting a snipe, and then pulling Ooh. the wingsuit again and just yes. flying off somewhere else. There's been a couple repeat. really nice clips going around of that. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's what I wanted to do. And Dude, set goals day. for yourself, sniping related too, for sure. Like understand where your weakness is. I'm terrible at shooting at people in vehicles. Okay, start shooting at every vehicle you see. If you're not hitting them and all you're seeing is a little hit marker for hitting the vehicle, you're not aiming far enough in front. Start shooting so far in front of that vehicle to where you start missing shots. And then dial it back a hair. So the farther away the distance and the more you lead a target, if you're missing, you know it's less, uh, typically. Um, and you can just kind of calculate from there. You got to have points of reference. Um, and that applies with every sniper you use. In just understand repetition, the repetition, repetition. Then you understand. Yep. Reps until you have a good points of reference. Yeah. And uh, what else can I say? Um, what Probably the hardest thing about sniping in Warzone when you're not playing solos and when you're playing with other people is... It's not so much your job, it's the play style of your teammate. They just have to be conscious of the fact they have a sniper on their team. Like, if you ping a shot, ping somebody that's, whoops, 
400 meters away so that you can gauge the distance so you can get that perfect one shot down for the entry picks. So when you balloon on top of them, you've got the upper hand. Talk to your teammates. Say, hey, don't shoot at that guy, please. Because what are they going to do? They're going to spray bullets with an STG and just make the guy seek cover. Now he knows that there's a team coming from there. Exactly. And now you have no window of entry into that gunfight. Uh, I would say it's it's pretty tough playing with people that don't typically play with snipers because they don't understand the strengths and weaknesses of it, and they don't know how to play around it. And they don't have to do a lot. They don't have to completely change their play style. They just have to be conscious. You know, one of my favorite things to hear is bango and then hear the ping sound and i look and there's a target just sitting there sitting there Ooh, i know I'll, that my I'll teammate that probably could kill them probably but they know that i'm going to they ping it they just start moving forward because they know i'm gonna hit the shot now That's... they're already halfway through closing the distance and they're up there fucking their ass how many times have i actually have i said or oh, ping someone that's either flying in or on a top i say bango that's you and then I hear, doosh, doosh. Oh, got him. So <laughs> yeah. many times. So many times. Yep. And there's also been instances, like you just said, uh, ping for the sniper. We're, we've been playing games. I say, all right, Bango, there's a guy up there. I ping. And then I focus on the guy closer. And so you're, you're busy taking heads off 300 meters away. And I'm clearing out what's in front of us 100 meters away kind of thing. You got to yep. play to everyone's strengths. So my strengths are mid-range gunfights, uh, up close but not quite in buildings. Your strengths, most well, obviously is everything, but mostly sniping. So you're taking care of the people that are further away. I'm up close, kind of trying to clear our, our close quarters path. And it just works. You've got to get that synergy with your players. Mm-hmm. So obviously play to your strengths and um, you'll, you'll have a lot more success in Warzone. Like I've been, so many times I've seen someone, even when I have a sniper, the few times I've been sniping at the same time, I don't really do it much when I'm with you because it's like 250 ping. But um, I'll see a guy running 400 meters away. I won't even bother taking a shot. I'll just ping. I say, "Bango, you got this," and I'll see someone 200 meters away and I'll take a shot at them. Like you gotta, yeah. you gotta know how to use the sniper on your team. It, you also have to keep in mind too, as the sniper, that your teammates, they need you up close as well so you have to assess when it's okay to hang back and take shots from a distance and when you need to join the fight up close because you might not have to get downs on people all you got to do is have your presence there so that they start shooting shots at you they're not looking at your teammates who are being aggressive um just be somewhere in the gunfight at times and you don't have to get up close you just have to be a problem for the enemy team so if they know that there's a sniper that's one of the greatest things is when you are playing like trios or quads and you come up on this team and you immediately down somebody for an entry pick for your team that team or if you down two people out of them that team knows that that sniper is a problem and they either have to take cover from them or they have to kill them immediately so when your teammates know that that is how teams react to being sniped at. They can position themselves way far ahead um, of you. You might be up on a high spot, up on a hill, up on a building, whatever. Um, it enables both parties, both play styles. 
as long as each other knows the strengths and weaknesses, when to do what. And you can only really achieve that through communication most of the time. And if you're out there listening and you want to snipe, but your friends get really pissed off at you because you're never in a gunfight with them, don't be afraid to talk to them. If you're playing the game with them, you're friends with them, right? You got something in common. You should be able to communicate with them about the Say, hey, you know, that gunfight, we probably could have won if, you know, had you live ping those targets. And that brings up another point. For your teammates that are not sniping, even if it's not a really far shot, if they can live ping every single target they're using, assuming they're not using combat scout, that's going to be majorly beneficial for you to know exactly where to aim your scope. Because it's oftentimes very tough to try to find the target that people are like, oh, yeah, he's right there. And you're like, where? I don't know. I don't know where I'm supposed to aim my stupid fucking gun. Help me out here. Ping him. Boom, they give you the ping. Oh, yeah, easy. Boom, gotcha. And also, so it's if, super you, important. if you're unable to get the live, what I like to do is I open up my map and I put a ping on the general area. I say, bango, I saw movement over in this area. And then you can yep. look and you might see him peek over a rock, bang, dead. But yeah, at least you know the general area if you can't get the live. That's right. super critical too. I always like give to ping where I see movement. Yeah. Yep. Can't get the live, open my little tack map. Scroll down, like, yep, uh, within these buildings here, click, and they get a ping 250 meters away. Okay, someone in that area, either we have to look out for them or well, avoid them. So either we avoid them or, you know, Bango just gets the, has a look, he maybe gets to a higher point, gets the height advantage, bang, dead. So it's, it's the information, sharing of information is super critical to a successful Warzone game, especially if you're playing with a, uh, like a, a good squad. Yep. And getting an entry pick is huge too. Like if you can keep your teammates on a leash to until you get a first down, then you can and just then you unclip like that leash and just say go get them, boys. Oh yeah. Then you've because got it in the bag. If you've got that one entry pick and one of them is down, they're in shambles. They're like, oh fuck, because that t- that doesn't take one person out of the gunfire. That takes two, because nine times out of ten they're going to get instantly rezzed if they don't have a self, and they're going to be so basically it's it's. Well, three on three on two with a sniper at the back also either getting finishes or just laying suppressive fire. Because there's nothing yep. more terrifying than when you're hearing that, that crack of the bullet of a sniper. Cause you, especially if you don't know where it's coming from. Because like, I can't leave this cover because I get, might get my head ripped off. And then you hear three just sweats pushing you with their automatic weapons and you get scared and then you, you're thrown in a blender and then you're dead. Yep. Entry picks are so crucial. That's why I always yeah. recommend playing with a good sniper. Play with Bango. I learned in Counter-Strike that the entry pick is huge. And it's not relative to sniping, but playing passively enough to where you can knock the enemy team from, you know, five players down to four. If you can do that, you have the numbers advantage, theoretically you're going to win that gunfight. Just getting that entry pick. It's funny. I should have started streaming when I played CS:GO when I was really into that. Like Twenty that would have been super like twenty fifteen. Um, because for a while, like I started getting irritated with the game because when you play ranked games, you could have a group of friends that you play the game with, but some of them could be holding you back from progressing in your ranks. And if what you really want to do is grind those ranks, you have to sometimes replace them on your team 
if you're trying to get really good because maybe they they can't clutch or they keep making mistakes or whatever um well it doesn't have as much and that was an experience that i had is eventually i was just getting so frustrated trying to grind ranks you know try to build the right roster for all all the maps all the play styles that i gave up and i said you know what i'm just gonna use a scout all i'm gonna do is use a scout i could use an op i could one shot somebody to the chest that's that's fine but it's way more fun to get that scout headshot scout headshot is so cool dude. and uh, i would play for a while i would just play dust too it'd be on ct side of spawn i'd immediately run mid with the scout run and bunny hop across the gap from the doors where the terrace will be shooting from t-spawn straight down and see right where somebody was sitting in their spawn but what i would do when i would bunny hop it is i'd pull up the scope make my jump when i would cross the threshold of the gap of the door see where that target is and then so i would be holding d to strafe right hit spacebar to jump cross the door tap a to completely stop my character's movement midair and then shoot through the door and hit the target. Ooh. I was so fucking good at that. And I could just do it back and forth. One shot moving right, strafe back, do it moving left. You know, go, it would be, you'd move backwards so you could kind of go up that slight incline and look towards uh, the catwalk where people would be pushing from mid, hit those shots. And I got so good at doing that to the point to where we'd have such a point advantage in the score that teams would just push through lower B. They're like, all right, we got to kill that guy with the fucking scout. He's just picking us all off one by one every game. So then I would recognize that and just tell one of my teammates, all right, this is what's going to happen. They're going to start pushing lower. Instead of going 2A, 2B, me and mid, 1B, 2 and mid, 2 at A. And just have that teammate on your side. It was a fun time. Um, I should have done that because it was so entertaining. It got called a cheater so many fucking times. It's just amazing. Awesome. Because most and of my kills were through the wall. Sus. <laughs> there is Sus. all wallbang kills for the most part. And and for those who don't uh, don't know Dust2 on CSGO, basically the CT spawn, um, counter spawn, is up on, you got elevation, basically on a road. And then you, look, and then you have a... On the elevation. Wait, T-spawns on the elevator. Oh, that's right. Uh, CT, yep. sorry. You're, yep. you're um lower elevation, and there's two big wooden doors. One's creaked open, so there's a tiny little, like, one-foot gap um, that you can see through to all the way down the middle lane, and then you can see the T-spawn, where they're up on uh, basically a road, and there's a, a concrete barrier they can peek over, so only their upper body and their head's showing, and they, all, they always get better line of sight because they can aim there with their snipers, and your full body, when crossing that uh, little gap in the door, it's visible, whereas only their upper body and head is visible. So to get the a B-hop across that small door gap from the CT side and then get a little dink on the upper body, is that that's not easy to do. Like, if their full body was showing, maybe it'd be a bit easier. But you've only got a tiny little window of opportunity. That B-hop, you have about a 0.3 of a second to see someone and then get that target acquisition and kill someone. Very difficult to do. I haven't done it you very many times. Sad. What? They've in at least in CS:GO they've changed the map to where you can't do that anymore. Really? They've changed T spawn to where there's like a low hanging wall 
to where if you want to aim from T-spawn down that middle lane through those doors, you have to drop down and move forward. What? So they've changed that. They've changed that the, must be recent. the doors. You can't shoot through the doors anymore. But you can't wallbang them? You can't wallbang them. They used to no. be wooden doors. Now they're like thick steel doors. You can't no. shoot through them anymore. Yeah. They took what? away what was fun for me. Dude, I, I tried had to play so it, many uh, awesome sus clips of like start of round at T-side. I'd grab my AWP and they'd smoke and I'd still get the shots through the smoke. Or like oh, I'd yeah. see him cross the door and I'd do a little flick and smack him through the wall, through the door. It used to be so fun. Oh, if I was on T-spawn, I would just aim at the... It would be your left-hand door where they're going to be jumping across. I'd aim on the door and I'd aim high because everybody jumps. Everybody jumps. And I would just aim at a certain spot. When they would jump, pull the trigger. If I didn't get the kill, I probably hit him and did some damage to him. And if I saw blood splat on the wall, I would calm it out to my team. All right, wounded one at B. So then they would take the bomb to B. There you go. Just fun shit like that. Like you have to make games fun. That also builds on the premise of entry picks. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Even if you get a tag, hit someone uh, with a scout upper body, that's like at least half their health. It's like 70 damage or something. 70 damage. And they're basically a one or two shot at most. Yep. You don't, like aiming for head is super important, but if you get that entry pick, you don't have to be as precise. Like you can see him, and you can be a bit more risky and just take that spray. So I have to hit him with one bullet. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not I a CS:GO those. pro by all means. I'm not a CS:GO pro. I only have about 150 was, hours in it. Yeah, I was never like super good. I played a lot. I've thousands of hours of Counter Strike throughout the years, but when it came to like ranked, I got to Supreme first class. I think. I think it's like second from the highest. I think it's the one below global elite. But once Ooh, I got to that point, high rank. Uh, the game wasn't fun for me anymore because I was playing against cheaters. I was playing against fucking pro smurfs and I didn't have teammates that got to that level with me. They were all, you know, legendary eagle or a couple ranks below. And they just couldn't keep up. And I had a hard time keeping up with a lot of those players, too. I just leaned on my strength. And I think that's an important thing to do is find out what you're good at in FPS games. Work on what you're not as good at, but lean heavily on the thing that you are good at. Develop some sort of skill, something that you're good at. And I'm, God forbid it's not riot shield stuns and fucking Cali sticks or something like that in Warzone. Please don't let that be the skill. It's a a shooting game, goddammit. It's a lot easier to build on a concrete foundation than it is a pile of mud. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're... But if you find something that's fun, lean on that hard too. Make sure you're having fun at the games. Because oh, yeah, if you're not having fun, you'll never really get good at it. I Because I... it's a time investment too. If I'm playing Rebirth or something, I want to have fun. I'll use an off-meta, off-meta setup. I have fun for maybe half a game and then everyone's just using their fucking... their, their Marco 5 and their ridiculously it's just the same shit people aren't having fun like you can't actually i don't want to go on that ta- i'm not going on that tangent i'm not i'm not doing that i'm not, hey, I'm I got not going idea. on the rebirth tangent you know, if you play rebirth you know exactly what i'm talking about you want to play some duos after this uh I'm, i would love to but unfortunately i have to get going i have a very busy day ahead of me oh that's right yeah you yeah. told me about it but yeah. if you're on tomorrow Definitely. Yeah, I'll be on tomorrow early. Getting some games in for Coliseum. True. I should yeah, we be can, on I reckon we can run a couple. Week. 
um if i wake up sunday morning so like this time so yeah 24 hours from now you reckon you'll be playing 20 hour, 24 hours from now probably what time is it uh maybe this is around the time i usually start winding down to go to bed that's all right 4 a.m got... comes quick yeah true well we got all the time in the world to play we can probably play next yeah. weekend Absolutely. Yeah. And we got Warzone 2 and stuff coming up, too. Oh, yes. That's going to be fun. I'm excited to see how the sniping is in that. I mean, I don't have any expectations. Like you said, I just want it to feel fresh. Yeah. But I hope that the things that they do with that game don't hurt the sniping playstyle because a lot of what they've done with Warzone 1 has. Yeah. And they've had to big backtrack time. on that. Dude, it was super bad at one point. It was just almost completely oh, yeah. unviable. Like, I quit playing for, like, four months um, towards the end of her dance. Mostly I was just frustrated with the time to kill of guns. Everything that came out every season was just faster and faster. Just that time to kill creep that happened. It, that, that pattern has uh, kept going, too, because the time to kill oh. in Warzone now with the meta, meta Warzone gun, a meta Vanguard gun is just ridiculous. Like, yeah. It's so fast. It almost, it almost feels like multiplayer. Like it's basically BO4 TTK mm-hmm. in Warzone, which is for Battle Royale, yikes. It it makes it tough too because like it's not just flinch you have to deal with anymore when you're getting shot, and now you have to worry about fucking health being chunked away. Because before when flinch was you know still an issue, but the time to kill wasn't so fast. If you didn't have plates, you could still stand up from behind cover and rip a shot on somebody. Yeah. Now doing that is so risky because the the servers are slow. Yeah, it's a fast-paced game, but the way that everything refreshes, the tick rate of the servers is 20, so slow. It? 20 hertz, yeah. That's re- 12, that's not good for a fast-paced for a fast-paced no. game like that. That's not good. It should be not at least at, at least 6 at least. Should at least be 3 times fast but oh, yeah i imagine when you have 120 plus players in a server that becomes kind of an issue maybe i don't yeah, know kind of but battlefield 2022 128 players and 60 hertz refresh rate secret servers okay so it can be done it can be done it can, be battlefield done. can do it call of duty can do it right simple as that oh also yeah. do you remember the the org meta the super bullet meta because of the low tick rate you Dude, have time there to react. was no point in sniping. There's no point in there sniping no point. during that. They completely broke that class of weapons. I was so sick of that shit. Um, and then and DMR that. was the same thing. There's no point in using a sniper. Yep. And it was it was it was awful. It was unplayable. That's what I hated kills it. me. That's what kills me, and they completely destroy the viability of any class of weapons. And granted, sniping in Warzone has only really been viable if you're good at it. But it's so much fun that a lot of people want to do it. A lot of people want to get better at it, but when you don't have the chance at that, because the NZ doesn't move at all and hits like a truck, <laughs> you know, you just scrab an NZ. Exactly. You're, you're With, putting yourself in a disservice not using that super busted gun because you don't have a chance. You don't have a chance. And it sucks. And it was really unfortunate. And it's still, to the, it's still like that now. You just got, well, I don't even know what the meta is in Vanguard, but I can already tell you it's an automatic weapon that is uncharacteristic and is boring that has no recoil that will kill you in 250 milliseconds from 
500 meters away. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's like a UGM they, maybe at the moment. Yeah, gun. It's like once they have a gun like that that becomes meta, every meta gun after that has to feel the exact same. Exactly. You can't go from a, a zero recoil, six times scope KGM 40 back to a um an AMAX because people will be in shambles. Them, I would love to see them just ramp up the recoil. Well, I it's mean, looking hopeful in Warzone 2 if it's anything like Modern Warfare 2, which I it will hope be. that's the case. I hope I so. I love recoil in games. I do. I, I actually, I, I like the recoil in um, Modern Warfare 2. It's just the fact that I can't see anyone. Right. Dude, there's this game. It's in beta right now. It's called World War 3. And developed by Farm 18. It's like a small studio of like 15 people. Um, it's got good promise. The gunplay is ironed out feels really good gameplay is like a mix between like call of duty and like battlefield type close quarters with a few vehicles sprinkled in there but the ballistics in that game are so cool to where there's various grades it's almost like tarkov type ballistics um and armor mechanics to it to where if you're shooting a sniper rifle at somebody and you hit them in the chest but they're at a 30 degree angle to you so your bullet would just ricochet off their chest plate. It wouldn't ah, penetrate. That's cool. And I you would like do that. you would only do like damage to their armor. You yeah. wouldn't do damage to their actual character. But if they're turned towards you, depending on the type of round you had in your sniper, you could do like heavy damage to them. Or since the way that the armor plates work, the plates are only on the front and the back of the target. If you shoot them in the ribs, there's no armor at all. So you could just get a one shot down. It was very, very interesting. And I really hope that game uh, gets the development time and resources that it needs, because I think it'd be really cool. It's got leaning. Um, you can hit your prone key and hit back or S and you'll just sit. You'll just lay on your back and you can sit there and hold your gun up and shoot oh, while cool. just laying on your back. It sounds so, really fun. I'll, I really want to give it, it a try. It's super cool. Um, well, um, it's in close right now. Um, it's what closed beta you gotta have bought the game when it was in alpha to oh, okay well i'm only slightly bad evan uh co-host of the um sorry the objective about a field podcast go give him a follow and listen uh he said open beta is next week the 29 he thinks so nice get on that get on that dude that game is so fun we'll have to get some games into it's, that i reckon yeah, that'd be fun 100 percent. i'd love that um, we're running a bit low on time, but I just want to get into one final topic. Uh, what are your long-term content players and ideas? What does McBango uh, want to do? Uh, I think, so I'm not really a content creator, so to speak. I lean more into the streaming direction. I'm a busy person. I have to work a full-time job. I live oh, yeah. alone. I have to pay all my bills. Um, I got to take care of you know, cooking, cleaning, all Rich. that shit. Got to take care of a demonic cat. <laughs> uh, and I also have to take care of my mental health too. So I can't play and stream Warzone more than two days a week. Yeah. Get two days a week. That allows me to get enough time in to stay sharp, keep my skills up. And I like the interactive aspect of streaming that I wouldn't get from like videos and stuff. I totally, um, I totally get that, dude. And I think mental health is super important in that regards too. I've, I've, compl- I have 
taken a 180 on how much I used to play Warzone because I would get to the point where I would get angry playing the game. Like, look at my mic. So, okay, right, stream. If you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube or you're live here on Twitch, I'm currently <laughs> holding up my microphone. My microphone is uh, a Blue Yeti. The actual micro microphone part is all damaged from being punched, and it is currently in a mug, sitting upright in a mug because I broke it off the stand. There's a clip I have on my phone. I deleted the VOD, but I, I remember it distinctly, and I'm, if I find it, I might publish it one day if I get enough impression farming for it, like 100 likes, and I'll put it up. I was playing Verdansk, and I got trapped. I couldn't climb a rock face, and I died to gas, and I got so mad that I... I when Mike Tyson, I went all the way back and I launched my fist into the microphone, snapped it off. It was a disaster. And ever since that day, I thought, if I'm getting angry, as soon as I start getting tilted, I'm off. I'm done. I don't care if I'm doing good. If I'm tilted, I'm off. Because I was at the point where I'd, I'd, be fr I'd get mad at the game and it would ruin my day and I'm just grumpy at home. And that's not good. That's no. not why we play games. That's no. not why. You gotta so if I'm getting tilted, about I'm done. As yeah, don't as play too much. Like, I really think so. I saw this thing on Twitter maybe like a month ago, and I couldn't do, disagree with it more. I don't know who said it. And it doesn't really matter. It was like, it's like if people aren't spending 16 hours a day creating content, making videos, doing this every single day, they don't want it. It's like, that's not true. You that's can't speak for everybody because everybody has their own limit when it comes to their mental health and their abilities to keep the grind up because it's a grind. It's a lot of work. You got to be consistent. And so that whole thing of 16 hours a day, that that doesn't work for me. That doesn't apply for me. God, no. It is not sustainable at all. I found no out how much time you have. Me, stream two days a week on the weekends. Don't play the game during the work week because I'm too tired. By the time I get warmed up is when I have to go to bed. So what's the point? Um, and that's been the most beneficial for my growth. And viewer retention and all that. That is, is what works best for important. me. It keeps my mind in the right place. Because if I'm not myself, people just leave the stream. I, I mean, I see it every time when I'm tilted and I'm pissed off. People just leave. Because I, I can't be myself. You know, I can't be relaxed. I get too overly frustrated with myself. And that's not entertaining. Exactly. And games are like, a, they're, they're meant to be relaxing. I, I, we've said this multiple times throughout this broadcast. Video games at its core are completely meant to be for fun. And people will say like, no, video games, they're, they're not just for fun. They're, they're a life. They're, you know, I have to be good at this. This is, this is a career. Like, if you're at that mindset, stop. Because why? Yeah. Why? Why? And yeah. Because wh why would you want to do something is, you hate? What is five years of that mentality going to do to you? Oh yeah. It's going to take years off your life. That exactly. stress. It's not good for you. You're gonna you're gonna age like not very fine wine. Age like milk. Oh. Oh yeah. Exactly. Speaking of aging like fine wine, Bango is thirty years old, but he looks like a baby. That's true. He's a very handsome young man. Looks younger than me. Still get carded all the time. Yeah. When he uh, when he shaves his face, it's fucking strange. <laughs> it's he's just a little baby. Do you remember when I first started streaming and I met you? I had this 
great big old beard yes <laughs> dude i was working on a zz top that thing was like down to my nipples oh my god and then you shave the first it off time i ever grew it out yeah and i was like what was like the it. fuck well i'm at work one day and i'm using a drill and drilling a hole into something and i just kind of look down at the rotating part of the drill and i'm like that's inches for my beard this is not good like this is disaster waiting to strike oh. and the fact that i was hanging down below my welding helmet i'm like this is gonna catch on fire yeah, it's not good. Like, this isn't good. Do you know, it? I think it needs to go. Welding spatter fucking burns. My legs, it was a, my legs it was a are scarred. Experiment. I've been, I've been uh, welding for a year and my legs are scarred from all the spatter that's gone through my work pants. Ridiculous. Oh, dude. I've got some stories about scars that I will not discuss here because it is absolutely TOS. <laughs> but burns in places you do not want burns let me just oh say that dear. if you're oh. sitting cross-legged and you're welding over your head oh been there. I, disaster oh. can strike all right let fuck it i'm gonna this is the, this is the last thing i'm gonna say this is a good way to this is a good little final topic my worst burn is i had a split in my pants and i also had a hole in my undies and i was sitting on a stool doing an overhead weld my balls that's all i'll say my balls yeah i had a hot glob of aluminum land right between my ball bag and my my oh. leg my thigh right in that crease oh, there it wasn't good it wasn't good welcome to the first yeah. person credit showcase everybody yeah this is about shooter games <laughs> and ball sacks and burns shooting load <laughs> well hey man i appreciate you having me on this was fun this has been fantastic I, I couldn't have thought of a better person to be the inaugural guest on the podcast thank god i've known you for a very long time i've always had a lot of respect for you. I've, I've, I've loved everything you've done community wise, stream wise. It's been fantastic. Can't wait to see where you're going from here because your growth has been, it's been very good. I've noted, like, as I said, double digits regularly. I've been looked at uh, the other day. I think you made like 20 viewers, maybe a couple of weeks ago, which is fucking insane. All right. You, you go on places, buddy. That I think people are starting me. to realize what you're, you're, what you're capable of. Yeah, and uh, networking on Twitter has been huge too. Um, Ooh, getting invites huge. to custom tournaments from, you know, people that do this full time. There you go. Also, your Coliseum feature. That's yeah, huge. that was really cool too. Yeah, I yeah saw quickly, that. quickly tell me about that. Like, yeah, we've got we've got a couple more minutes. So, the, once I heard about Coliseum, they sponsored the Drop Shot podcast. Um, and I heard about the concept of Fantasy Warzone, picking a roster of six streamers and based on their points between wins and kills, you have a chance to win up to $50 for free every weekend. It doesn't require credit card information at all. All you have to do is make an account, pick your streamers on the Friday freebie, and hope that the people that you picked put up numbers that weekend. And if they do, you can win money. Um, I just... I saw the concept, thought it was really cool, surprised it hadn't been a thing. And I, one weekend, I think it was like a Monday, I saw, oh, here's the the top kill leaders for the Friday freebie. And it was somebody had like 31 kills on Caldera. And that exact weekend, I'd put up 34 on a solo game. And I'm like, well, hey, I just dropped 34. Put me in, coach. And so then they DM me on Twitter and we started talking. Um, had a Discord meeting with him, talk to him about my stream schedule and everything and consistency there. And that's what they were looking for is consistent stream schedule yep. so that you could be relied on. And since doing that, um, I've been gaining offline followers 
when I'm not even streaming in the middle of the week from people that I see entering these contests. So it's, it's helping, you know, it's doing a little bit for growth, but it also, it's given me an extra sense of purpose to what I'm doing. I feel like I have a chance at winning people money and I'm providing something more right. than just entertainment. Let me just pull this up real quick. All right. McBango featured streamer chosen by 15% of everyone that's in the Friday freebie. That's a massive number. Yeah, my pick rate's been pretty damn good. It's been huge. bigger than a lot of the big pros. But that's to the faithful bangangers out there. More than Super Evan. Let me see. I'm just scrolling down here. That's all I lower. They're bigger than more than Super Evan. Same as Lucky Charmu. More than Faded Invaded. More than Hisoka. Much more than Swag, but he's on 0%. Sean J Gaming. More than them. More than uh, for Pantheon. Dude. It, it you've got a lot you got a lot of people rely on you, a lot of trust in you. And I can vouch too because your first your first weekend in the Friday freebie tournament or play whatever, you put you put up about three hundred and fifty points, which was like really yeah. up there. Yeah. Coliseum guys reached out to me and said, Hey, great job last weekend. For your uh salary bracket, you put up the most points. And then that following Ooh. weekend, because of my performance, I was, went from two thousand dollars for the salary to five. But then that was last weekend. I had that issue with the Solos LTM. Yeah. Hardly being able to finish games. Um, I'm dropped back down to 2000 so I'm a little cheaper now. So lock me in. Lock, lock him in. in. I'll try to win lock him money. in. And for those who are wondering, Coliseum, that is play.k-o-l-o-s-s-e-u-m.co. Uh, this is not a sponsored stream, but I love the concept. I've been doing it every week. I've been coming in like the last place every time because the only person getting me points is Bango. <laughs> but... It's super fun. It's free. Win yourself some money. I'd love to partner with them. I'd love to be um, sponsored by them. That'd be great. Like, yeah, yeah, part, really yeah as an ad read, but uh, generally it's an awesome concept. So make sure you go there. Again, that's play.koloseum.co. Pick McBango as your six, one of your six in the uh, Friday Freebie Fantasy lineup, and he'll get you some points. He will get you a lot of points. That'd be awesome. It's free money. It's free, and it's fun. I love it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be the end of the broadcast. It's been awesome. It's been about two hours almost. Excellent start to the podcast. I'm so excited for the future. Bango, thank you very much for joining me, and we will get this done again. Whether yes. it's in 50 episodes time, no, doesn't matter. We'll get you on again because this has been fantastic. Um, the viewer retention for this has been insane. We've, we've stuck more than five viewers this entire stream, which is just fucking awesome i really appreciate appreciate every single one of you that have stopped by and listened um if you're listening on youtube watching on youtube make sure you follow uh but sorry subscribe whatever all that um if you're on uh podcast apps spotify uh apple Podcasts, all that um you know share it around to get around it if you have a lot of per people a lot of friends that are into first person shooter uh video games and they want to uh see more people uh breach out you know follow along share it around uh, McBango, give me all your socials, buddy. Plug it, plug away, plug away. This is the most important part of the stream, ladies and gentlemen. Listen up. All right, the best place you can find me is on Twitch every weekend. Uh, Twitch.tv slash McBango, M-C-B-A-N-G-O. Um, otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at McBango FPS and YouTube, McBango FPS. I don't have many videos. I got two little videos up there. Um, I work with somebody that 
does the editing for me, but they're also a father, a husband, work a full-time job and have their own life to deal with too. So I don't put any pressure on them to release videos or do stuff. But right now he's got a huge file of quick scoping clips for a quick scoping video. Ooh, that's going to be a with. fucking banger. Make and the man. videos he makes are really good because he used to make uh, music videos and skateboard videos. So they've got that kind of flow to them with the music. So it works really well. I like it. Um, I like it. Otherwise, yeah, it's just Twitch, YouTube, Twitter. Fairly active on Twitter. Um, I've got a Discord. If you want to chat more, you can just go into my Twitch chat with the exclamation Discord command. The link will pop up there. And that awesome. Does it. Awesome. Any, any final thoughts? Anything you want to say? Yeah. The I'm break, excited buddy. to see what it goes for you. This is a really cool concept. I like it. Thanks, man. I've, I've been, as I said um, on Twitter, a lot of people know that I've been stewing on this for a while. And um, I wanted to pull the trigger because I love first-person shooter games. And I would consider myself, like, on keyboard and mouse, I'm, if I'm going to be completely honest, at least top 3% in the world. You're I'm, good. I'm, I'm pretty You're decent, good. I've seen you. But I'm not insane enough to be a, a gameplay streamer. And that's not what I wanted to do. I actually, I want to do, to do something community-wise. I want to build a community. I want to form partnerships, all that stuff. Um, this is this is giving back to all of you that have given to me. Thank you, everybody, once again, for listening. Much appreciated. Share this around. Please, for the love of God, check out McBango and everything. I couldn't vouch for him more. Fantastic guy. Fantastic player. Um, that, that's, that's my final thoughts. Um, Big Bango, thank you again for being on and, um, everyone have a good night, evening, whatever it is for you and be sure to st uh, stop by next Friday. I'm having Brusky, uh, who's an excellent Apex player, super keen to have him on. And again, thank you all so much. Have an excellent night. Peace out. Peace.